Welcome to the original vegan business talk with myself, Shane Jeremy James, where I discuss life-changing business advice with vegan companies who are making a true difference in the world. Hey everybody, welcome back to the next episode. Today we have two special guests, husband and wife team, Chef T and Nasia, who own Soulful Vegan Cuisine Restaurant and Catering. Welcome, you guys. Welcome. Thank you. So a little bit about both of them. Chef T, vegan for, well, 40 years. Uh, He set out to create and prepare vegan food by using recipes uh, reminiscent of his African heritage and recreating them with plant-based heritage, which is very cool. Nacia, growing up in a large family in Chicago, recalls spending countless hours uh, spectating as her grandmother baked. I have memories of that actually too, my grandmother. (laughs) She takes pride in creating vegan desserts that leaves people in disbelief of ingredients. As a pastry chef and a longtime vegan, she uh, creates timeless desserts with a vegan spin. Awesome, you guys, and welcome. I'm really looking forward to this conversation with you guys today. Glad to be here. Great. So tell us a little bit about like you guys, how did you kind of move into the vegan kind of space? And then why did you decide to build a a vegan, vegan restaurant and catering? Well, I think, um, you know, as as you mentioned, I've been a vegan for 40 years. So I've I've been interested in um, some of the communities I've lived in, didn't have a lot of healthy eating options. And so I kind of took my hobby and turned it into, <clears throat> into a business. And, and I wanted to provide a service uh, that could bring healthy eating options to our, uh, to our community. Um, when Chef Nacy and I met uh, 18, almost 17 years ago, 17 years ago um, she uh, uh, was someone that was interested in pastry and baking. I don't want to tell you a story, but we started a vegan. We started a vegan catering company. Okay, uh, working from a shared kitchen and uh, doing demos on street corners and community right. gardens and all that kind of stuff, helping to sponsor community gardens. And uh, I think the progression was that we wanted to have our uh, a restaurant that could serve the community and bring more awareness and be able to engage the community around issues of healthy eating. Right. That's how I got started. She can tell you her journey from being uh, transitioning to learning pastry and baking. Please. So I yeah. So I do all the savory stuff. She does all the baking and pastry. Okay. So, yeah. That makes a good. That makes a good team. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, for me, I never envisioned um, becoming a pastry chef um, at all. Um, becoming vegan, it was straddling the fence for me because me not knowing a vegan personally, it was uh, kind of difficult. So when I met uh, Chef T, um, it was a no-brainer. And um, again, never thinking that I would ever be in the industry of baking anything. Right. Um, it was it's been quite the journey and uh, I enjoy what I do. And- um, Well, how did you make that transition? Uh, how I, <laughs> funny story, uh, how I made that transition. I wanted a, a KitchenAid mixer 
And uh, and the only way that I could get the mixer is if I can prove that I could bake. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I had never baked anything vegan in my life. And right. so I created this oops cookie. And um, it was pretty amazing. That's and that's amazing. how I got, got that's started. I bought her a kitchen and fix it. <laughs> right. She was off and ready. <laughs> that's a great story. So she jumped in, made a great cookie, proved herself, and that was that was history. Yeah, <laughs> but she but she didn't she didn't sell it right. She was working a nine to five at the time, yeah. right? And she and I, you know, with little convincing, she I said, "No, quit your job, do what you love to do." Right. And she quit her job and she went to patient baking school and and was outstanding as a student and outstanding as a uh, like. Look, I've been at this for forty years. She makes the best bean desserts I've had, and I don't say it just to yeah. uh, patronize her, but she really is that good. Oh, look, that's amazing. This is a true, like, there's so many um, inspiring lessons with inside your guys' story. You know, going out and saying, hey, quit your job, and let's go after our passion, our dream, and let's yeah. do what we need to do, you know? So it's just a very inspiring story. And then you had started grassroots. You're out in the streets hustling, you know, and yeah. making yeah. it happen, right, you know, and stuff. So, I mean, truly, you know, a lot of what, what you call the, American dream or Canada, the Canadian dream, right? Of yeah. Entrepreneurship. So, you know, what are been some of the biggest challenges do you guys think from going from, you know, kind of your hustling days and on the street and stuff to moving, trying to move into the next kind of, uh, you know, era of, of everything? I think some of the, some of the challenges early on were, were just, um, Getting the funding. Getting the funding was definitely the hard, was definitely a hard part. You know? Right. We, when we set, once we settled on the building that we wanted, um, our intent really was just to take and do some, some, it, it had been a restaurant. It had been a fast food uh, restaurant prior right. to it over. So we, we really just wanted to, we really thought that the infrastructure that was there would be sufficient enough for us to just make some cosmetic changes and, you know, but once we started kind of peeling back the layers, um, you know, I think the first thing was I just randomly poked one of the drop ceiling tiles. And when I broke it, uh, fortunately, she was not there. Uh, a mouse came out, a mouse Ooh. fell down with the tile and it was a live mouse. And so if she had saw that, it would have been deal over. With. Yeah, She never would have signed off for that. So, totally. so, so what became what we thought was going to be cosmetic work became a full Good gut rehab. rehab. So probably that we thought was going to be $20,000 ended up being $120,000. So, um, so we needed, we needed more money. And, you know, so we were able to get some, but it wasn't enough. So we put a lot of sweat equity into the build out. And uh, uh, I drove Uber for two years trying to get the additional money we needed and uh, love the stories we really just ground we just we hustled like nobody's business for to, to make it work and uh so i think that was one of the biggest challenges and i think you know in our community it's not there's there's no there's only one other sit-down restaurant and uh predominantly african-american community and folks aren't used to eating vegan so you're, you know, you're going through all this stuff. It's like, well, what if you start thinking, you know, what if folks don't like what you do? And what if there's no response? And, right. But, but it was the opposite. 
the response was overwhelming. I mean, we did twice the amount of business we projected uh, uh, and from this little tiny spot. And, uh, so that was, that was, it was, you know, the risk was high, but the reward was even, was even greater. So. Amazing. That's a good story. So did you actually tell her about the mouse or did you just like leave that and then tell her like, I, I eventually told her like after we signed the lease and after <laughs> it was months later and I finally didn't tell her the story. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I told her, look, I'll do the demo. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you knew you knew your timing when the right time was to say, okay, now I can tell. <laughs> there was no turning back after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? No doubt. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's a really, again, another inspiring story. And I think so many people listening uh, can take away from that and understanding that a lot of times when we're all building business, there's lots of times when we've got to hustle and do other things like drive Uber, do this or do that. And while well, you're trying to make it happen. And I think that's where people quit a lot of times in entrepreneurship yeah. and stuff like that. So it's, you figured out how you, you know, you had, how you guys had to make it happen at the same time. So when you, decided when you seen you're like whoa this is going to cost a lot more money did that set you guys back as in did you guys have the place and then you didn't launch for like maybe another nine months or a year or something or how did that kind of happen or were you able to move, stay on schedule well the uh, the permitting process here in chicago can can sometimes take a while right so by the time by the time we uh, did the architectural drawings and and they got submitted to the city and it was taking a long time it took it it took us almost it took us a little over nine months to 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 get the permit by the time we had to make some revisions and all that right. stuff. so in that nine month period of time um i really just spent a lot of time doing the demo and, and right. doing the uh and doing the build-up that i could you know so there were certain things that we ended up making from by hand but when, when we took the ceiling down what we discovered was that there was a tin ceiling underneath it that was in really rough shape right so what we did was we took that down and reef and meticulously refinished the tin that we could salvage and then put that back in a way that uh was very artistic um we made like we made our own tables from reclaimed wood from reclaimed wood we oh, made cool. we made you know we, we once we, we discovered one of the walls had exposed brick so my father was a bricklayer, so I was able right. to use his tools and um, uh, refinish the, the brick. And so we just we just took our time doing stuff like that and saved a lot of money in the process and, and, the pro and along the way to um, to make the restaurant what it is now. So that's amazing. That's great. So you guys were are both of you guys good with your hands? Then you were able to help build it out and paint and do all the stuff, yeah. ceilings and yeah, all a lot of yeah, right. But one thing we didn't do was like the plumbing and the electrical yeah. and stuff. But a lot right. of we did ourselves. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, as, I mean, I'll be honest, it's a skill that I don't have. And when we built one of our first gyms, I used to own chains of gyms. And um, and my mom was my partner in 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 the one. And uh, we, you know, we were startup and we were doing all ourselves. And thank God for her because she's good at like with hammering and painting and all this stuff. I'm not, I'm not skilled <laughs> with that at all. I tried to hang a freaking shelf and it was crooked. A shelf, right? A, sh a shelf. I couldn't even do it. I couldn't even do a shelf properly, right? 
So they were like, okay, you're good at marketing. You're good at bringing the people. Just stick to what you're good at. It's going to take us way longer if you try and reno- help us renovate this place, right? Which is true. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I look back at those days. Those were some fun days. So cool. Awesome. So now tell us a little bit about, uh, oh, I got a great question that everyone's going to know. How is it working together, running the business as a husband <laughs> and wife team? <laughs> You know, it can be it can be a little contentious at at times, but you know what what happens in the kitchen stays in the kitchen. So we try to keep our kitchen issues in the kitchen and don't bring it home. Right. (laughs) I, I think part of I think part of what helped us was the fact that we started off working from a shared kitchen and we had done some pro projects that were um, we're kind of intense. You know, we did uh, a school lunch program for uh, one of the local schools. We provided the lunches for, um, for them for a year, for a school year. And I think that pressure of, you know, getting in and getting product out and getting uh, on time is it's intense because you can't be late for a school lunch. It's like you right. serve lunches at 11 o'clock and like that, that's hard and fast. So Yeah, and not only that, it's um, we had to really come together and work as partners instead of a couple and so we had to learn that along the way that you know we have to leave our personal life basically out of the kitchen and so that helped us out a lot so i call him chef t and i'm chef nacia in the kitchen so that really helped us out along the way yeah there's no honey baby in the kitchen is yes chef no chef and so and then, and then if anything that needs to be done with at home, you deal with that at home. Mm-hmm. And so, right. so we learn that. And then, because otherwise it gets, yeah, yeah, it gets, you can't blur those lines. It was a hard pill to swallow, but it had to yeah. be swallowed right. for us to, to succeed in yeah. that. So, yeah. That's such a good learning lesson, you know, and even just how you guys structured the language patterns, right? Oh, chef yeah. this, chef that, like making sure i'm sure it took you guys a little bit of a learning process to get to that stage right i'm sure there was a, a, a lot of the personal in the business at the start i would think am i correct absolutely. on that oh yeah oh yeah absolutely <laughs> and then i think you would probably step back and said hey we need to figure this out very fast <laughs> yeah. yes oh, yeah. yeah 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 it could it could it, otherwise it'll bring it, it'll bring a marriage to its knees yeah because yeah. you do, you take your personal um, issues into the kitchen because that's what you're used to. Right. You're not work, yeah. used to working on a professional level. So we had to learn that. Yeah. And um, yeah. it was it was quite the challenge, but it was we were able to overcome that. Yeah. So, right. So did you guys like actually sit down and almost like create a plan, like have a communication with each other and been like, okay, like we really have to leave personal yeah. here business here did you guys like have that deep conversation oh yeah yes absolutely absolutely where i think that's such a great learning lesson because you know i was in business with my mom and stuff like that and you know it's it's great but we're working with spouses or family or stuff it can be a real big challenge at the start until you start to understand how to do it properly together yeah yeah yes Right. Yeah, because I mean, that you can't serve that relationship, so you have to, you yeah. have to work through it. Yeah, it's, it's true, through. right? Yeah, there's no finding a different business partner, right? <laughs> right. right? So that's that's great. So, would you think 
what's one of the biggest maybe tips that you guys could give people working together as a couple? Uh, I think uh, I think for us, I think one of the things is compartmentalizing, you know, making sure that you keep work at work and uh, and when you're at home to to deal with whatever challenges are at home, deal with those at home and try not right. to let those filter into the two. I mean, because you could have a disagreement at home, but that can't filter in at work. Right? Yeah. So right. Uh, I think I think one of the things is remembering the, the goal, like our goal was to serve the community. And so um, I think I think that goal um, really being being aware and being focused on that goal in and of itself, mm -hmm. not only did it help us to keep on track in terms of, of our own personal desires, uh, but it also helps to uh, it, it helps to strengthen us overall. Like you remember, like it's not about me, you know. Like we're here together right. because we have a mission and a purpose, and and we're focused on that in a way that. It actually helps to strengthen our relationship. Whenever there is a conflict or whenever there's an issue, we remember what our goals are mm -hmm. and what our purpose is, uh, not just as a couple, but as a business. And right. so you stay focused on that. That's so amazing. That helps us to, to navigate, you know, personal challenges in a way that um, I think that actually helped, helped us to strengthen our relationship overall. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I mean, I such believe in that. And we have a, people before profit business model that I've always built out in lots of our businesses. And a lot starts with, with that, that purpose and having that deep purpose tied to the business. And, you know, that just helps with, like you just said, you know, relationships and just driving things and just everything just, you know, it, to me, that is business, you know, it really is. What, so what is your guys, what is your guys's purpose? Our, our purpose is to build and nurture community through innovative plant-based cuisine. And so um, the business is part of it, uh, but our overall goal is to build community. You know, we live in a community that uh, is sometimes challenged to have the goods and services that will make a strong and, and help and uh, healthy community. So Majani has set the example of, of um, how a business can operate why you should operate a business in this community, how you can serve the community, how you can employ people and, and, and how you can inspire others to do what, what we do. So right. that's, that's the goal is ultimately to build a strong and healthy community. Uh, for when we opened up the restaurant, we were, we were in, technically in a food desert that we didn't have at the time, we didn't have a grocery store. So you had to be very careful. Like if you ran out of garlic, you had to run five miles away to go to the grocery store or supplier and get products. So uh, we've since have acquired a grocery store and there's other businesses that are coming online. But, uh, you know, I, we live in, in the South Shore community, South Side of Chicago. It's a beautiful neighborhood. We're right at the, right the lakefront. Uh, there's lots of bike trails and stuff like that right there. But there's still um, uh, some things that need that we would like to see in our community in order for it to really truly flourish. And so, uh, uh, so, so our mission is to build our community ultimately and to, and to showcase that eating healthy um, can, can be nutritious and delicious at the same time. Right, I love it. How did you guys manage through the COVID days? Was it uh, one of the toughest challenges you went through in business and starting or did you guys make it through it pretty easy? It wasn't easy, but we were able to um, 
to make it through. Surprisingly, um, business seemed as if it picked up during COVID. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. From from a financial standpoint, um, the first two weeks we were kind of like, wait, what just happened? Right. And you know, can we survive, survive this? Uh, but it went from that to kind of this rally. Um, someone, someone in the community, one of the local businesses, said, hey, "Here, here's five thousand dollars. Feed the frontline workers." And then that just kind of started the momentum. Our primary lender um, stepped up and said, "You know, here's ten thousand dollars to add to that." And so, wow. kind of shifted into we had you know some some uh, some uh, catering orders that we did that helped uh, fill in the gaps to feed the frontline workers and so that was very helpful um and i think part of it was the community rallied around uh, uh, us in a way that i'll never forget because they're like we will not let you guys close and so people came i mean what was interesting i think for us personally because we had to we didn't have as many staff. We had to let some staff go. Right. Um, we worked hard, like that. We worked harder that year than we've ever worked because it was just it was we didn't have as many staff. Right. Um, for one, for whatever, for one reason or another, just because we couldn't have certain people, you know, because we had to operate with a skeleton crew. Yeah. Um, but financially, we probably made more in 2020 than we did in 2019. Wow, interesting. So, so the business was there. It just it was just a lot harder on us. Like we worked. We went back to working those twelve those twelve hour days again that we had worked uh, that we had gotten away from. But so it was physically it was hard on us, but financially we we actually we did okay. Right. Do you did you guys come out financially okay? Because were people doing takeout or did the catering side of your business help you more or was strictly takeout take we didn't catering died we didn't do any catering orders okay. outside of the frontline workers um, um and we just pivoted so we, we were already probably half our business was takeout okay um, so we just it was just it all went to 100 takeout and, uh, right interesting so did you guys actually sit down and have that conversation and actually strategize and be like we really got to pivot and hit the takeout harder or well i think we were we were at a point where we were we had just signed up to take uh um uh, it was called the uh, chicago food lab they had done a food lab in detroit just for local businesses to have best practices and so we had just signed up for this course this through our chamber through our local chamber of commerce they had encouraged okay. us to take this course so uh the course kind of shifted to, to, to walk through what are some of the best practices that we need to engage in to get through the pandemic. So we, um, we modified our takeout. We went from, <clears throat> from single-use plastics to eliminating plastic almost altogether. And uh, we, we updated our website uh, to, uh, to make it more uh, user-friendly and uh, uh, those are some of the things that we did that kind of helped us to shift through that and having that guidance from the South Shore Chamber uh, program was was helpful as well. So, um, so we, you know, so these are all the things that helped us to kind of sort of, I think the business model now, I think it's, it's more efficient than it was uh, trying to do half takeout and half dining. I mean, now that it's, we still now, now we allow customers to sit down, but they just sit down with takeout. So. Oh, really? Interesting. 
So the consumer, we never, we never went back. We have still have not service. gone back to full service yet. Oh, you haven't, eh? So interesting. So do you think the consumer is mindset kind of shifted a little bit too, where they're like rather come in and, and just wait and then take it? Or, or how do you think that? Uh, one of the things that we also did was we updated our POS system. And it's okay. just a lot, it's just so much more efficient, you know? So um, it allows for us to get orders out on average of less than less than 10 minutes. So uh, even when it's really, when it used to, what it used to be when it, before it used, let's just say if we did $2,000 or $3,000 a day, it would seem harder to do that because of, because of, you know, is it takeout, is it dining, plating, right. now that it's singular and focused, everything's takeout. And with the, with the updated POS system, it just, everything just moves a lot more uh, smoothly. And so it's just, it's less effort to make the same amount of revenue. And right. So those are some of the things that we thought that, you know, right. were big improvements. So proceed, we, we improved a lot of systems to make things run, run better, yeah, so. Right, that's interesting. It does, uh, sounds like the customer experience is, is stronger now too. Well, the customers, you know, the customer experience is still, you know, the atmosphere is still the, still the same. The customer experience is, uh, it may be diminished a little bit because, you know, they're not getting plates and forks and all that stuff. But I think, you know, because we have better service, um, I, I think it's just, it's the trade-off. Yeah, 100%. It's and I think people are fine. The people still will sit down and enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, I, I agree with you because I look at, well, two ways of customer experience when mm -hmm. I order from the vegan restaurants. And one is if I'm ordering takeout, uh, you know, how fast do they communicate with me? How fast is my order done? How good is it? And if they're on point on that, I'm like, these guys are running a good business, yeah. right? I'm like, that experience was very good for me. The whole process was super good for me, right? Where other ones I, you know, bought from and it's just clunky all the way through by the time I get my food, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The food better be really good because that yeah. point is not. not totally. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I think these are all the things that we talked about in the transition is the customer experience. It starts with your, you know, now it starts with your website. Yeah. So having a, having a, a good website, so that, so that experience translates all the way through from the time they consume their food. Is, is it a good experience even on the website and ordering process and all that stuff? So. Yeah, I'm so with you on that. In our company, we sit down every week and we just have a meeting and look at every touch point with inside our ecosystem, every touch point consistently and make sure every touch point is, you know, as best we can get it, as best we can get it, as best we can get it, as best from, from you know, customer 10 orders in or someone that just even touched our social media first or somebody that, you know, the cons consistent experience, you know, and I think that I'm glad you brought that up because I think small businesses I see a lot that I do go into. They they lack that. They lack at sitting down and not understanding how yeah. critical every touch point is along the way, right? Like like even a touch point, even with me and you guys, a touch point is whoever Darren, I think it was, talked with you guys. We're on here now. How is the touch point even started with you guys for us? Right? That's a touch point of our business. Yeah. So, you know, it's not always the easiest thing to do. And it's something that you always keep working on to make better and better and better. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our goal, um, you know, May 25th will be five years for us. Congratulations. So, thank you. Thank you. And so, um, 
you know, it was it was five years, you know, when I was we were talking about going into business together for the restaurant. I was like, you know, it's not like catering. You can take, you can accept or not accept an order. You can go on vacation whenever you're ready, but the restaurant's not like that. Yeah. And uh, and so we would we said we would reassess things at the end of five years and say, right. do we want to continue or you know, are we ready to expand or grow? Yeah. And um, and so I think this is the year where we where we want to put the, all the things, finish putting the things in place to, to be ready to franchise. Oh, because we're going to see growth opportunity. Um, but but I don't. But it, 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 I don't want to do. I think we have agreed that we don't want to do corporate, corporate. expansion. No. Yeah. That we want any expansion to come through uh, the franchise model. And, uh, right. So those are things that we're trying to put in place. Well, that's cool. I come from that industry, the franchising industry. So I was the first one that there was a gym called Curves for Women. And yeah. yeah, so I brought, I was the first one to bring those to Canada. Awesome. Yeah, so that franchise, I became really close with the founders because I was in so at the start and brought it into Canada and stuff. So that's how I really learned to build business. You know, I, I came out of college, I started building businesses, but that's where I really learned systems and processes and how to develop leaders and create leaders and, and just the whole top to bottom of building. And then I would go in and help open some of the franchises and help different owners scale more because some of the owners, um, you know, we had the same location, some of them, but, you know, let's say, you know, my, my one locations, you know, doing a million, and this other location over here is only doing a hundred thousand, but it had, we have the same territory and same stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I really looked at that, it was, you know, and, and the same systems, right. But it was going in. And when I looked at it, it the, the, the owners wouldn't be executing the systems properly. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't maybe understand it enough. Um, you know, how they were kind of maneuvering and stuff like that. So you'd really have to look at their business because there was no reason why they shouldn't have been doing at least half the number you know that right. that we were doing if the territory was very similar right? right so yeah so I learned a heck of a lot I was so blessed to be in that that franchise because that franchise went to a four billion dollar franchise in 10 years wow. wow yeah it took McDonald's and Subway 25 years to hit those numbers wow yeah so it just it was one of those little franchises that you look at and no one would ever know you know it was one of those things where you just yeah, yeah. you're like oh curves i've seen that you know it was around but no one really understood you know the numbers that was really happening in that franchise what happened with curves uh yeah that's an interesting story um i started i sold my last one we had about a 13 14 run sold my last one to my manager um and the the I could see that it was just starting to plateau off and the owners at that point were not making enough changes as the market was changing. And so I kind of knew, I'm like, ah, if, they, if they don't pull the trigger and start to make the changes that we need, this is going to die off. Like this is going to, going to die off. I could see it. So we were very careful of, uh, you know, watching it and stuff like that. That's kind of that there's a there's a challenge I had with people in business with me, including my mom, because no one wanted to sell anything because everyone's attached to it. And I was like, no, we need to go. Like this is the time, <laughs> right? So yeah. Well, there was a few a uh, few discussions, I'll tell you that around that yeah. for a long yeah. time. Um, but yeah, you know, they could have had the market. And then there was a lot of things too that that were happening. Uh, you know, when we got in. There wasn't as many small, smaller chains. Uh, there wasn't a ton of like 
you know, now if you look at like, for example, Orange Theory Fitnesses and stuff like that, uh, there wasn't as many smaller chains around. Yoga wasn't around as much. There wasn't just as gotcha. much. Uh, and, you know, bigger scale gyms um, that, you know, so the competition was a, a lot less then. So it was easier to penetrate uh, the, mar the market. But they could they could have had it. You could have kept it because if you look at like Orange Theory Fitness and different ones that have come along, I mean, they've scaled big, big franchise models again. You know, they actually tried to get me to uh, buy the franchises and, and scale them through Orange Theory Fitness through Canada. Um, but one of our um, our uh, Vancouver Canucks, who was a friend of mine, actually ended up ended up buying it. Um, so yeah, so it was uh, it was just the the timing and everything, and like I said, the the owner the ownership of 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 pivoting, and that's where they that's where they that's where they lacked, which was kind of sad because. They could have could have kept that market, uh, and then they ended up selling out to a bigger chain. And then I knew that was I was already done and out. But I knew that was that was going to be the final, yeah, final straw because that big bigger chain was going to flip it into something else and more wanted probably the database of the people at that time, right? So, but it was a good run. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of people in that franchise made stupid amounts of money, like crazy amounts of money it was one of those things where the first five years even if you were shitty at business you still were making money right wow. so yeah so um but yeah so i really i'm glad you guys are going that route you know any advice you want or anything feel free to reach out to me and i can try i absolutely will yeah i, yeah, I love that, I love I that absolutely will. and I, and i always want to see plant-based stuff succeed big time right i mean that's like i'm like there right let's let's get those businesses succeeding because they're making a difference in the world so so you guys what do you think um just in in, in general like with the whole let's talk about just the vegan space for a minute how do you guys do you guys feel it's really evolving do you guys feel it's 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 uh um, yeah, let's say the food industry and the vegan space. Do you like where it's going nowadays? I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that uh, as you stated, you know, kind of veganism. <clears throat> veganism uh, was a steady, you know, five six percent increase over a year over year. Uh, and we've seen it spike, you know, we've seen, you know, kind of the curve where the, sort of the bottom of the curve where we see there's a lot of growth potential, but we're seeing, you know, it's still kind of odd to me to go to a mainstream, <coughs> excuse me, grocery store and see like labeled, you know, vegan, a vegan section, you know, or this right. is vegan. And, uh, but I think there's still a long ways to go in terms of the growth potential for veganism. And, so how do we, um, you know, how do we, how do we capture that market? How do we continue to grow our brand? But I think, but I think that um, when you see, you know, KFC, for example, or McDonald's and all these big franchises uh, get into the game, you know, there's still a long ways to go. Yeah. And um, some products, you know, I'm like, I'm not a big fan of some of the processed stuff. Yeah. Is it good for me as a vegan? I don't, not necessarily, but is it good for veganism? Yes, because if it gets folks going in that direction, then um, then that's a step forward. 
right for the, right. Uh, for the movement so right uh, yeah i i i agree with that with you and i'm on the same page with you as that because i think like <clears throat> i look at it like you know i know if i'm going to go out and i'm going to a restaurant that night and you know i see the beyond the meat burger on right. the thing I, I, you know i know it doesn't have the exact most healthiest things maybe in it for me but that's kind of like like my treat day you know what i right. mean like it's the same thing it would be like if i wasn't vegan and i'm gonna have this right. you know it's like my kind of you know it's like my treat day so i look at them almost like two separate things for me you know you got over here where i'm primarily eating healthy most of the time and then here's you know i got my more kind of a bit of a cheat day you know over yeah. on that side <laughs> yeah yeah no, absolutely. I am uh, gonna switch sides. No Good. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think um, I think the uh, I think one of the things that I'd like to see more is maybe up the we were in New York uh, doing a, a film segment. And uh, I wanted to get to a, a bunch of different restaurants while we were there. And uh, New York is so spread out and we were only there for the weekend. We only had a chance to go to two or three. So it kind of inspired me to want to create in Chicago, um, uh, like a vegan village. One that is a collection of really well-run restaurants. And so I like to see more of that, that uh, intentional community around veganism right. that, can, um, that can really help to inspire communities uh, in a way that is kind of hard to as a one-off yeah yeah I, i'm with you on that too i think there's just a lot working in a silo still it's slowly starting to come together but i think it's got to you know come to more more together as a whole like you're talking yeah 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 as a collective effort i think you can make you can have more of an impact than uh it kind of being separate and different uh as an individual so that's that's what we're working towards uh that's yeah. our next goal apart from franchising is to create that community that's great that's great i've learned a lot you know interviewing different vegan businesses and and just from you know the girl that's making the shoes and or how they're using applesauce with belts and stuff like that so it's been it's been actually really cool when i started doing that's, that's, that's making making applesauce with belts yeah like a type they're using a type of applesauce that is like a form of like they've made it into like a form of leather type stuff right so i got to do more research into it but yeah it's pretty i'm finding out all these things i'm like oh that's interesting right so i mean i got to admit that was my hardest thing and i still haven't got there yet um you know because of the compassion movement that we have I'm always asked on everything. If somebody sees me wearing something, right? It's always, I'm always criticized, right? Because of, I can never win right on, on it, right? So they ask me, are those shoes got leather on it? Does this shirt have bamboo or not on it? Does this like, it just doesn't stop, right? For me. And uh, we kind of laughed because you thought when we started doing Compassion, you know, my whole team was like, yeah, you think when you're just doing good, you wouldn't get criticized so much, right? <laughs> you know, but I mean, that's, that's life, that's social media, that's people, you know, it's going to, it's going to come, you know, and, but, um, you know, I still, I was talking to the girl the other day, she does a shoe line. And I said to her, I like shoes. I, I'm a shoe guy. But I told her, I said, I still cannot find any cool vegan shoes. I still cannot find any. If 
<laughs> beat cool shoes. You know what I mean? So I said, hey, she's like, I'm actually thinking about creating a men's, line, a men's shoe line. I'm like, hey, I'm into partnering on that. <laughs> That's interesting. So, so you're... <clears throat> You're not necessarily opposed to wearing a leather belt or leather shoes or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I try to, you know, I try not to now as much. That was my last kind of step that I started to go into next. Because for me, the first part was health, right? So that years ago, I, you know, come from the fitness industry, reading, teaching health, and like I had lots of courses and stuff around it. And I was really, a, you know, around alkalinity and acidic. And I started to learn, you know, and so then I transitioned. Then as I moved more into the compassion brand, uh, then it became like animals, right? Compassion for animals. Because there's a big, obviously, there's a huge community that's, you know, compassion for animals. Some of my closest friends, right? It wasn't about health, but they first went in for animals, right? And 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 so that came. And then, then there's the, then it moved to like, the sustainable clothing and, and, and all that, then that community, you know, started to come in, um, which then I, that was kind of my last step trying to, you know, trying to go more towards that. Uh, you know, I was like, geez, I got a, you know, for me, I was like, well, I got a $10,000 wardrobe of everything else. And I'm like, you know, right? I'm, like, I'm like, I mean, I got I'm enough to start buying everything, you know, new, new and stuff, right? So I think I'm going to have to figure out how to get sponsored by some of these companies so I can get some products, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, but I mean, I'll be honest, a lot of the people that I interview, there's, it's interesting because when I talk to a lot of them, they're, you know, they're doing this more and not this one quite as much. Yeah. Or they're here more or not quite as much on this one, but doing more. So I've, it's been a very interesting conversation on yeah. that side. Yeah. I think we're the same. Uh, I, you know, I, I haven't got to a point where I don't wear everything that I wear. Uh, I mean, when we first started, when I first started, I, I was still using honey in our ingredients and then switch to agave and then ultimately starting using raw sugar. Right. But, um, but I, haven't, I haven't gotten to a point yet where I'm not, where I don't use, where I don't wear leather shoes or leather belt. You know, in this industry, you have to have shoes that are going to protect you. And uh, so, you know, I'm I, certainly minimal when it, when it comes to this, but it's not like I don't, or we don't wear uh, anything that doesn't have any animals. So, and it, well. yeah and it's i mean and i'll be honest there's still i don't find a lot of stuff that i like to wear <laughs> right? like i've always been a stylish guy i like to wear stylish stuff so mm -hmm. i think that's going to come a long way in the next five years you know yeah. so right i agree yeah so <laughs> but awesome so i mean this has been a super good interview i i love your guys' story i love what you guys are doing i love you know your growth and doing it as a couple and you know, just ever, ever, you know, everything, right? I think it's just an inspiring story. You guys have made it, you know, restaurants is not the easiest business to be in. That's for sure. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a tougher business. And so yeah. you guys have been able to, you know, carve out your niche and do it and work together and still stay happily married. <laughs> right? <Exactly>. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, it's funny because Vancouver has not necessarily been on my list of places to to go see, but uh, I think I think it is now. 
Like, oh. I, want to, I want to come to Vancouver. I want to come check out the vegan scene. You're, and, uh, and you're invited. Yeah, we, we just we, last weekend we, we had a getaway. We were in San Diego for um, for the weekend to, to check out the vegan scene there. But uh, but let's go to Vancouver, babe. Okay. Yeah, hundred. You guys will love it here too. It's it's beautiful. I mean, it's I mean, it's you know, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful city. Yeah, there's a lot to do, you know, and stuff. I mean, we're got you know, I'll give you a stat of how beautiful it is. We're the second most expensive city to live in, one down from Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, I, that's I, that much I know that Vancouver yeah. is not necessarily a cheap place to to live, but uh, but I mean, if you want a city to to set a high standard, that's that's part of what you have to do. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, awesome. Well, I look forward to you guys coming here and showing you guys around and getting to know you and stuff. And maybe one day I'll make it to Chicago because I haven't been to that city yet. And yeah, for me, it's a city that I do wanna I do wanna get to. You know, coming from Canada, we know all about the Chicago Blackhawks because if you're from Canada, you probably played hockey. It's a guy, right? <laughs> 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 yes so all right awesome and so where can they all find you guys at website uh social media anything like that uh our web <clears throat> our website <coughs> excuse me yeah uh our website is majani.biz uh m-a-j-a-n-i dot b-i-z um we're on um facebook uh, instagram uh, they just search Majani, they'll find us. And uh, and if they're in Chicago, they can come to our restaurant, uh, 7167 South Exchange Avenue in Chicago. Awesome. Make sure you guys, if you're in Chicago, go check it out. Actually, I'm going to, I wanted to start doing, uh, I'm going to do, you know, like Barstool, Dave Portnell, and he does, you know, Dave Portnell, he's a Barstool guy. He does all these. I want to go around and start doing like reviews on vegan food. So I'm gonna go oh, doing yeah. I'm gonna start going around and doing like a really yeah. on vegan on vegan food. Yeah, I think that's our second life as well. Yeah, yeah. We're actually working on. Um, um, so one of the trade offs was before we opened up the restaurant was we can eat. I was in the conversation I had with my wife. We can either buy a house or we can open up a restaurant. And so, um, so we both agreed to do the restaurant, but. Uh, but we're closing on a property in the next couple of weeks to uh, for our first uh, our first our first building together. It's a three unit, and we want to have uh, two units as uh, a vegan Airbnb in Chicago. So, uh, oh, I like that. So uh, maybe by the time you're ready to come this way, you can you can yeah. stay. So it'll be a really nice vegan Airbnb with uh, it'll be a, it'll be a green building. We're right, we'll be right behind the uh, the train tracks so, uh, that allow you to, uh, the, the city train, which allow you to go, you can be downtown in like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. So so uh, we're excited about that, that, uh, that, that, that it, it all paid off in the end. So, so now we have the restaurant and, and the building. So we're excited. Oh, congratulations. And I love the vegan, I love the vegan spin on it. Like that's yeah. a cool, that's a cool spin. Yeah. I like that. Like that's yeah. a, so it, it's a green building. We'll have like all electric, it'll be an all electric building, solar panels and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, yeah, cause there's really no place, you know, it's all about enhancing the vegan experience, right? Because there's not that many places where you can go and, and you know, spend the night and have a vegan breakfast in the morning. So we want to make sure we provide that. 
It's true. I like that idea. That's interesting. That's interesting. Awesome. We can talk, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. I, I like the way you think, and I like, you know, I've enjoyed the conversation. I think that there's, uh, uh, I think there's some opportunities for us uh, to do some business together. Hundred percent. I mean, I'm all about I'm I'm all about collaboration. I'm all about building relationships. I'm all about building people. You know, helping each other. I mean, that's that's life is short. You know, we all should work together and help each other as much as we can. Yeah. Awesome. So I look forward to getting to know you guys better. And thank you so much for doing this interview with me. By the way. Thank you for having us. Yeah. It was our pleasure. Thank you yeah. so much. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Okay. All right. Take Talk care. Soon. Thank you.